Jesus, it's fucking human, man. Mm-hmm. Um, still, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready to be live? Yeah, I'm on. Okay. Uh, well, listen. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is Noob Talk Radio. We're, we're here. We're live. We're episode 71. 71 of Noob Talk Radio, tinkering with the idea of... What was the title that just came to me before? Trigger warning. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I feel like we had one of that before. Oh, did we? I thought man, we did possible. when it was like maybe yeah. like Ukraine and COVID or something. Yeah, we like terms like that. Um, <laughs> and that would make a lot of sense. Listen, I'll have to, I'll have to go back. Yeah, yeah, just scroll through. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. I don't know. How are you doing, Teague? Fantastic. Fourth okay. of July. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah, it is the Fourth of July. Man, the fucking eBay lady. This is already going to be a massive tangent. The eBay <laughs> lady on the phone today. I'm having a massive eBay dispute um, that like seems irresolvable at the moment it's like ebay has this like listing has test charges they put right the seller uh, said he would combine shipping and was like um you'll pay just four dollars of shipping mm-hmm. us uh and they charged 14 shipping three times which is normal he's supposed to refund the shipping after okay right but then on his end he doesn't it shows as being just four dollars and he showed me screenshots and they, they look pretty legitimate you know mm. so i spent a long time on on ebay customer service and the lady was like very very frustrating and like including at the end like me being like so if i understand what you're saying correctly basically it's between me and the seller from your end it looks like the right money was charged and she's like yeah i, I don't know where these screenshots come from from our end it says this he should be seeing the same thing it looks like he just didn't refund you the shipping so now I've got to go back to the guy, right? And be mm-hmm. like, listen, I, I, maybe we need mediation, but like, this is what they say. He seems nice. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think he's trying to screw me, but whatever. Um, all that to say, the lady was like, yeah, I think I, I said something like, so to summarize, it says what it says. To you, everything's good. Everything's good. And if I can't resolve it with him, eBay's not going to help me afterwards. And she's like, well, you're paraphrasing. And I'm like, <laughs> let me allow me to rephrase <laughs> and it's just like she made me really go carefully in like something that would like vaguely approach legal speak mm-hmm. so i like itemizing every single thing like, and then finally and would you agree she's like yes that's correct and i'm like fine thank you mm-hmm. and he was she was like so i was pretty annoyed at the end and she was like happy fourth of july and i was like yep happy fourth of july mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's my uh you're the second person today who's said happy fourth of july all right all right yeah, 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 yeah. happy fourth of july everybody and uh yeah i mean uh you know, I don't know. Do we just leap right into it? Yeah, that was it. like one of the shortest preambles we've had in. in yeah. I was about to say in human history, but that would obviously be both hyperbolic and uh, <laughs> deeply untrue. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, listen. Time for some news, everyone. Let's do it. Um, number one, Blade Runner twenty thirty three Labyrinth official reveal trailer from. This is, um, I guess, a tangential way. I got this this uh, article off IGN, but this is just a, a, one example of the much broader Annapurna Interactive Showcase twenty twenty three that happened. I want to say roughly less than a week ago. Um, and we're not going to be talking about that uh, per se, but there was one thing that I at least did see that was pretty fascinating coming out of it. And I mean, I guess to just to preface this, you know, Annapurna is a pretty fascinating publisher. Uh, they, the fascinating thing here also, I just said fascinating twice, make that three times. Um, Blade Runner, this, this new Blade Runner game, it's being developed by them, and mm. they're actually previously only a publisher. Okay. So this is pretty fascinating because uh, they, god damn it, sometimes you just, a word just gets You're stuck, stuck in your, on it, man. Yeah, Annapurna created this um, internal development, new internal de- development studio, studio to work specifically on this new Blade Runner game. Um, so now I got uh, the trailer from IGN, and then after that I did a little bit of digging further, and I'm on a Game Informer article here called Blade, entitled Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth is Annapurna Interactive's first in-house game. Annapurna Interactive has revealed Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth, a new game set in the same world as the Blade Runner film series, and is the first game developed in-house. 
Uh, Annapurna has published plenty of games, including... Uh, I'm just drawing this off the Wikipedia, but a lot of pretty fucking massive titles. They're very artsy games. Mm. So get ready for stuff that you're not interested in. Yep. Um, but I, I, I know of and or have played uh, several of them. What Remains of Edith Finch, 2017. Flower, Gorogoa. I know all those games, actually. They're, pre- they're pretty cool. Gone Home, Donut County. That one was not so great. Ashen. Ashen is actually a, a Dark Souls clone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen that, actually. Yeah, they're pretty cool, man. They, they do, like, it's kind of like, whatever they do, it's cool shit. Hmm. Whether it's shit that you like or not, who knows. But Outer Wilds, Journey, um, Kentucky Route Zero, uh, Unfinished Swan, uh, I Am Dead. What else do we have? I'm trying to pick just the really major, Solar Ash, um, Stray. You know, the cat yeah, game the came out recently, right? Okay. Uh, they're they're big, they're big, man, and and they do really interesting stuff. Is there anything else really? Yeah, and then the rest is kind of like uh, now we're getting into sort of like upcoming shit that's like <laughs> just in development, but a really big publisher, and it's interesting because I didn't say fascinating because this is their first game that they're developing. Period. <clears throat> uh, and if I can go back to the Game Informer article. Annapurna has published plenty of great games, but it announced last year that it, it had created a new internal studio to actually develop one. And now we know that game is Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. As the name suggests, it takes place in 2033, which puts it square between the original film and its sequel, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth takes place in a dystopian Los Angeles like its cinematic predecessors, and the game's events occur after the blackout hits. Do you know what the blackout is? Yeah, totally. I don't know. Can you, can you uh, um, help it, me out? It wipes out all uh, information. Okay. Um, so they don't have really a history or anything from prior to it. They don't have any yeah. banking. It's the collapse of civilization, basically. Uh, yeah. um, Interesting. I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. Man, I, I, this is a big tangent, but... I could be wrong, but I... I You're probably right. <clears throat> I feel like it's when they lose fucking basically everything. Like, all financial records, all everything. Okay. Everything just crashes. And okay. I don't think they there's any real info from before. I would really like to. It started with when I was on my plane ride to Portugal because they had Blade Runner twenty forty nine on the plane. Okay, I watched a bit of it and I was like, man, I would like to get all the way through this movie. And I like, enjoyed it. Yeah, and then I was talking to my and I know, of course, obviously, I mean, friend of the show Joel. I think Blade Runner is maybe his favorite film of all time. Um, and you know, everyone that I know speaks so highly of it, right? Like my my parents like it. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend really likes it, and um, it's really the new making one, right. No, 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 the oh, original. The original. The original. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and it's making me want to go back to... Well, I'd actually really like to do both. Yeah, definitely. I, definitely. I think I need to do a back-to-back. You do. You know what I mean? You definitely um, need to watch the new one again. Yeah, no, for sure, um, for sure. It has a lot of... And it's. I'm coming from two angles here, but it's like the biggest angle I'm coming, I'm coming from is probably just that people for cyberpunk like inspiration material so consistently always quote Blade Runner yeah. that that also contributes a lot to my desire to kind of like, maybe I should sort of leap back in. Anyways... So thank you for clarifying the blackout because uh, I don't remember them very well. Even though I remember the visuals, yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. story, I, I, it's been a long time. Uh, not much else was revealed about the game, but you can check out the moody cinematic trailer for yourself below. Uh, and this is just the reveal trailer that I was talking about previously shown on IGN. As you can see, this game looks very Blade Runner. We can't wait to learn more about it. Uh, Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth's development is led by game director Chelsea Hash, who previously served as director of Solar Ash. Uh, and Solar Ash, I think, is the... 
the new game by Hyperlight Drifter developer. Oh, okay. Although yeah. I, I'm a bit, uh, memory's a bit foggy on that, but I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the technical art lead on What Remains of Edith Finch, which was a very beautiful game uh, and a very, very critically and, you know, um, what do you call that? Uh, received extremely well by fans. Right. Also, Annapurna Interactive says Blade Runner twenty three thirty three Labyrinth. That's it's so hard to say that <laughs> again and again. It's, it's kind of a long title. Uh, is the first new Blade Runner game for consoles and PC in development in twenty five years. Wow. Which is pretty fucking impressive, if you don't mind my saying. Yeah. Uh, it's due sometime in the future on consoles and PC, but there's no word on when to expect it. However, Annapurna Interactive says it will share more information about the details. Share more details about the game soon. So. Uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really have much to say beyond that. Uh, I just think it looks really cool. I don't know if you checked out the trailer I yourself. I did. I thought it was a very cool. I mean, it's it like they say, it's moody and cinematic. Absolutely. Right? And it mostly, um, like you just told me about the blackout, there's something special that happens. Whenever anyone, like, like the fact that you just remembered that little snippet there and delivered that to me, it's like, that triggered really so much. I hope I'm right now, fuck. Like, What's that? <laughs> I really hope I'm right and not thinking of some fucking anime or something. Even you know? if you're not, it doesn't matter. Because what happened is you, you triggered this, like, that's fucking cool mm. in my head. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's kind of what this trailer did for me, too. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It just reignited a little bit of, like, yeah, Blade Runner is cool. Maybe I should, you know? It does capture the feel of Blade Runner. Yeah. Like, this trailer yeah. really does... You know, it passes. Yeah, it's the vibe for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, it passes the litmus test. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like you know, will a narrative game? I feel that narrative games are sort of like. This is gonna maybe maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. Are kind of sort of like what's the word? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Close. What's the slightly less offensive? Lacking. Word? <laughs> what's that? Lacking. Lacking. Um, in 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 some ways, arguably not appropriate to the realm of games. Hmm. So so there's a little bit of that going on for me. But at the same time, you know, I have appreciated narrative adventures before. It's not like it's it, you know, it's not like that's never happened for me. Right. Um, for example, you know, Out of This World, Another World, and Flashback on like old PC console. You could those are like almost almost narrative games. Not quite, but like. You know, Mist also, it's like, that evokes mm-hmm. something. For sure. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, but I do wonder, it's like, you know, will this work well in an... Is this the right kind of game mm-hmm. for the Blade Runner franchise? And there's a lot of weight on it because of the fact that, like they say, you know, it's been 25 years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's... You know, when you have 25 years, it's like, now suddenly there's a lot of... There's sort of like a, a high level of pressure to like, maybe just don't fuck it up. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, uh, but I guess, I mean, like, honestly, I don't recall... A Blade Runner game ever. Um, so that would be 98, right? I think there was a... Are you familiar with um, what interactive adventures were on PC? Mm. They're like Mist, but you would see the character and you would click where to go. Mm. They weren't quite like, you know, point and click, point and click adventure games right. with like pixel graphics. They were cinematic quality graphics, but you would click and the character <clears throat> would like walk somewhere. Okay. And you'd like investigate things, check for clues. Almost like the Telltale like shit. Yeah, kind of, yeah. The Walking Dead Telltale yeah, ones where it's yeah. like, click here, investigate yeah. this, inspect yeah. this open drawer, exactly, pick exactly. up, whatever. That's a narrative game. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, or rather, or, or it's a narrative game with like limited gameplay elements, mm-hmm. but it does have some. You know? For sure. I don't know. I mean, I think the last one was that kind of game for Blade <laughs> Runner. I think it was an interactive adventure in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, yeah. Excuse me. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's hard to imagine something working better than a narrative game. I don't know. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, I sort of wonder at the same time, I'm like, in terms of a new Blade Runner thing, do I actually just want a movie? <laughs> probably, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> probably, but I'll settle for seeing what this is going to be. Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? And definitely, if it looks cool, I mean, for sure, I'll I'll, 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 I'll be paying a lot of attention to it. Yeah? Oh, shit. 
There you go, buddy. <laughs> Did he almost knock himself off? The oh, chair? he totally. He tried to kick me and he missed and he almost fell. Uh, you silly bugger. Get get back on there, buddy. Hold on, hold on. Here, let's move you back a little. There you go. Come on. Now. When we when we rectified the cat, we'll move on to uh, number two. <laughs> oh, he's fucking pissed. <laughs> he is not happy, yo. All right. Okay, moving on to number two. Diablo 4 fans once again call for offline mode after DDoS attack renders game unplayable for hours. Oh, um, no. People couldn't play their game for hours? People couldn't play their game for hours, Teague. So um, that's unacceptable? <laughs> I do believe it is unacceptable. Although my angle is much more from this sort of just like, I would like offline maybe. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. It'd know? be nice. And I mean, like, that's, that's uh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, before we, 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 we keep going, I kind of almost wanted to talk about this even more, but I used that since that's more recent news. Uh, in other Diablo news, I'm getting both these headlines off at IGN. Diablo 4 newcomers horrified to learn they must start a new character to play Season 1 content. Now, that is obviously a very alarmist headline, and we'll dig into this a little bit. But if, we're, if we can start with the... Um, I mean, is there anything to say about DDoS attack? Um, I mean, I guess you know DDoS attacks are nothing new, uh, in particular for Diablo. In, in particular for Online Blizzard... Games. For online games, and then in particular for Blizzard, and then in particular for Diablo. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Diablo 2, we had the exact same thing, right? The remaster had the same. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you trying during the times where it was requiring you to... Yeah, I think I, so. I had a lot of that waiting in queues and, like, down for an entire day or, like, most of an afternoon. I think I just gave up <clears> when it didn't let me in right away. I was like, all right, fuck you. You don't want me to play? I don't want to play you anyways, you piece of shit. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's totally fair. And um, I guess my angle f- f- on this news article is really mostly just... I am happy that they're getting some... That I'm happy that, number one, they're getting some bad press about it because it'll encourage them to perhaps do something. Uh, and when I say do something, I don't mean prevent DDoS attacks because that's impossible. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, maybe don't make your games as closed uh, in an online sense, right? Um, and at the same time, I'm also kind of impressed that we're still able to get news about people being like, can we just have offline modes? Yeah. You know? But like, I, mean, I like this. Yeah. I mean... What I, do you think? I don't think it's uh, going in that direction. I mean, it hasn't been for a long time, but at the same time, it's not unheard of for companies to... Uh... But this has been an issue for a very long time yes. with many, many games. Yes. And this game came out when? Came out when? Uh, I want to say like three weeks ago. Recently. Yeah. And it's three, an issue for this game as well. It's like, oh, big shocker. Um, yeah, no, totally. I mean, the thing is, a lot, I mean, a lot of games, or at least some games will still have an, an offline component so that you're not completely unable to like there's a guy telling a story on Twitter about just like oh I was coming home from work you know hoping to play Diablo you know couldn't do it at all on Friday was like ah no problem it'll be back up Saturday morning couldn't do it all for an entirety of Saturday no problem it'll be up Sunday morning like it came on Sunday in, in like the evening and mm-hmm. like you know you know what I mean like yeah and missed I, out on some serious <clears throat> good gaming time we should be allowed to use our games especially when oh, yeah. There's really no reason to preclude us from doing that. Does no, that no I'm with you. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I, and I mean, I kind of feel like I know that it's like you know we're sort of um, there's an expression, although it's escaping me, but it's like yeah, obviously the industry is 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 going towards that. Obviously, companies don't give a fuck whether or not we want offline modes or not. But still, I think it's nice when I when I read about press about other people sh- talking about wanting it. Yeah, try. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like agreeing can, with you. Yeah, it sort of reaffirms my, my, my belief that, like... I'm not crazy for thinking this. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I at the you. same time, you know, they should get pressure. Because the only way that they would... The only motivation for them to ever do that is has to come from the consumer. Mm-hmm. Because there literally is no corporate motivation, if that makes sense. No. No. You see what I mean? So, anyways, I mean, will anything happen? Probably not. But 
any kind of people being like, you know what, could you just put an offline mode in? It helps. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like, you know, people have done that before. Like, I mean, there was a big move. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Diablo 3 started always online, and they they retracted that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, listen, I'm going to do my research when I get home tonight. I was not, I didn't prepare no, this. No, no, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't, because I didn't have the internet when I played it. On console? Yeah. That was way after the game came out. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. The game was out for a long time before it came out. Okay, yeah. okay, so you're, okay, I get what yeah. you're saying now. Yeah, 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 yeah. and by that time, um, it may have come to console first, but console is sort of like, it's almost a different skew. You can yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wouldn't be weird for the, for like, for example, it has happened before that the console version is offline-able, mm-hmm. but the PC version is not. Okay. That exists, right? Um, but... In this case, it might have been like the offline doing sort of came to console first. Right. And they did it more broadly for PC after. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm pretty sure the game, because I tried it on PC first, I'm pretty sure the game was always online to begin with. Hmm. And because of you know, a lot of people complaining, basically, they were like, all right, fine. You know, eventually we'll, we'll just take away the. And from what I recall, you were able to play Diablo 3 offline. Uh, you were even able to play your hardcore character that you later played online with your friends really? offline. That's interesting. It would just store the information on the console until you sort of like went back up to the cloud kind of thing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I've never actually I heard of... crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I've never heard of a game allowing you to build... That has PvP allowing you to build a character offline and bring that same character online. And I've had this conversation with many other gamers. You know what I'm thinking about? What? It was probably we were both playing offline on, our, on, on the same console. I think we were playing local co-op. Oh, okay. Yeah, like me and my buddy Joel, uh, when we lived together, we were playing local co-op, and we had hardcore characters, but maybe we never went online because we only played on the couch. Okay, okay, yeah. It it was back in the day when they had, you could do two controllers. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, so you know what, maybe it's just that. I just, I I know I've had this conversation with friends before. You're probably right. And they were just like, well, you're fucking out of your mind? Of course you can't do that. I'm like, well, what the fuck? I mean, and they're like... Are you retarded? But there's actually no reason to preclude that because... Well, if you build your character up to good strength offline and then you bring this highly leveled character Mm -hmm. online, then it's kind of like an unfair advantage for the online people, right? One one thousand percent. But at the same time, uh, you could easily make it so that, like, you know, if you make a hardcore character and you level it offline, you can only coordinate with your actual friends, Mm -hmm. right? But you can do that online. Right, right, right. It segments you from the external stuff. The PvP You know what I mean? Whatever, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to imagine a simple system that could uh, let this work, right? It's just that they don't have any motivation to do that. Fair enough. Because why would they, right? And I could also be totally wrong. I just got made fun of for asking the question, you know, like... uh, and and wanting that, you know, like I was yeah. like, I just want to build my character yeah. without getting fucking trolled. And it's yeah. like, yeah. they're like, what the fuck do you think an online game <laughs> is, man? Like, nah. Anyway. Well, anyways, um, moving on to the second article, um, I did, mostly just because I thought this was funny, but I thought it also, and I wasn't going to talk about this previously, but I had a conversation with Joel IRL recently, and lol. He, he was <laughs> he was telling me. About uh, no, his, sorry, lol. Lol. Thank you. <laughs> Lols. Lols. Yeah. Was that Lols. On the end? Lmfao. Um, <laughs> ah, it's LMFAO. Yeah. Nobody says Lmfao. Lmfao? Lmfao. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. No, I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> that makes me think of KMFDM. <laughs> um, but Joel was talking about how he was playing Diablo 4 recently. It sounded like his perspective was a little bit like, in a way, the game's nothing special, but it's very fun. It's very, very fun. The builds are cool. Um, and But at the same time, it has a lot of junk, mm. a lot of junk. And at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because it's still really fun. Right. But if, if we could not have the junk... It would be better. 
it could be so much better, right? And a lot of what he was talking about, I think, is the way they're sort of adopting the live service model with like they're doing a season, they're doing seasons. Right. Uh, they have a battle pass, you know. Ugh, and so gross. It is gross. In some ways, um, this is not different from what they had before because Diablo 2, back in the day, also had seasons, mm. right? And seasons served a really useful purpose because what they would do is they would invent new items and shit for a season. Mm-hmm. So then you had to have a character for that season. But then you always had to make a new character for that season because they were kind of like competitive a bit hmm. in the sense of like everyone's trying to compete to see, you know, who can get to like hell first or like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's also a limited PvP element. Uh, there's a concern there, right? right? But they had special equipment, so it kind of made sense in a way that you would need to make a character for that season, mm-hmm. right? And you can still, of course, play the normal game. You just won't get the season content until it goes out of rotation. Right. Then it'll go into the base game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the article headline that I saw... Which I just thought was fascinating because of what Joel was saying about how it's like all the live service elements of Diablo 4. It's like this is the sort of the wheat and the chaff that could be cut away. Mm-hmm. You know, that would really reveal something that's like a lot more probably just baseline fun. And without kind of like a lot of nonsense and a lot of sort of like win- like live service window dressing. Yeah. Um, it just made me think of that. Uh, but yeah, the RGN headline reads, Diablo 4 newcomers horrified to learn they must start a new character to play season 1 content. And it's like, in a way, this is an alarmist headline because... The thing is here, this isn't weird, but it's like... Let me read, I'll read a snippet from the article. Some Diablo 4 players are coming to terms with confirmation they must start a new character to play Season 1 content. Diablo 4 launched early June, and while some fans raced towards the level cap of 100, uh, Blizzard itself recently, recently revealed the vast majority of Diablo 4 players have yet to complete the campaign, and yet the, st- the start of Season 1 nears. While Blizzard has yet to announce its release date, a mid, a mid to late July window has been confirmed. This week, Diablo 4 development chief Rod Ferguson, Turd Ferguson, took to Twitter to confirm Diablo 4 players must create a new seasonal character to enjoy the Season 1 content, including its battle pass. I think the real problem here is the battle pass, not really the seasonal content. Quote from Rod Ferguson, To take part in the seasonal quest line, mechanics, and seasonal journey, and battle pass, you'll need to create a new seasonal character, Ferguson said. Playing campaign with seasonal character, if you so desire or need to finish, will also progress the season journey and battle pass. While this is how seasons worked in previously in previous Diablo games, players replay the game with each season's new content rather than hitting the ground running with a maxed out character. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you're talking about for competition's sake. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, series newcomers weren't necessarily in the know. And it should be noted Diablo 4 is the first game in the series to have a battle pass. I think it's more kind of that's what's causing, causing right. the problems. As a result, Ferguson's clarification sparked a number of comments from concerned Diablo 4 players who feel they're already being left behind just a few weeks after the game came out. This smacks to me so much of how I felt playing Destiny that it's mm. like, it, it brings back like PTSD trauma yep. of like, I need to grind this seasonal event before it, you know? And anyways, here's, a, here's some quotes from random, random Diablo, Diablo 4 players. I'm a new Diablo 4 player and a new dad. I only have maybe an hour a day to game, if that. So my, my current character is only level 11. You're saying I should basically not even play this game, right? Another, uh, sorry, Ferguson replied to this comment, pointing out that once the Diablo 4 campaign is complete, it can be skipped. You only ever need to complete it once on any character on your account, and then you can skip it for any character moving forward. No, you should definitely play it, Ferguson replied. The new season mechanics features come after the campaign's complete, so you should focus on completing it now, so you can just skip it when the season starts, since you'll only ever need to complete the campaign once. I do think it's pretty cool how he's responding to this, these things directly. But it's the confirmation that existing characters cannot be used for Season 1 content and the prospect of grinding a new seasonal character just to take part that's got so many Diablo 4 players worried. Here's another person, Twitter user at ChapMamba. Gotta be honest, as a new player, I don't see myself grinding like this again. If I have to start from scratch for Season 1, I'm likely done maining Diablo. And I know there's a ton of people in the same boat. I care about my current character. I'd just say, 
It's bleeped out, but fuck it if I lost him. Um, it's worth pointing out that existing characters are not lost with the launch of Season 1. Rather, they are moved to the Eternal Realm, a version of Diablo 4 without content from the latest season. Exactly what I was describing to you before from the mm-hmm. previous games, right? That's mostly all there is to say here, but what I think this is touching on is the, the fact that because with Diablo 4 more than ever before, and you know the company is much more mainstream now than they used to be, um, what's it called, uh, you know... Overwatch was like a really mainstream game even mm-hmm. though it has a huge competitive competitive uh, circuit it's like a lot of normal players just played that casually like they're they're even more mass market than they used to be right right and i feel like this is touching on the intersection of like what used to be a good company with very good game development and hitting the sort of live service wall mm-hmm. where they want to make everything with all these elements and like a lot of people are just kind of like I don't like this. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's what's, what, what it's touching on and that's why I find the article fascinating. Just because it's sort of, I feel like it's, it's pointing a big finger to what exactly what Joel was talking about which is the fact that, you know, all this extra window dressing stuff is just completely useless. And mm-hmm. if you just made it focused on what's actually there, like he was saying also, sorry, Joel to, clear, to clarify, was saying also that there's a massive like open world map to explore, right? But there's kind of like nothing in it. Hmm. You know, there's like very little point to actually explore it and it's like... I don't know. So, I mean, I feel like Diablo is, is at a little bit of an interesting crossroads, and how they tackle these issues is going to be fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. That's, kind of, that, that's kind of my take on it. I, I sort of feel like most you know, normal people may read this article headline and be like, whoa, what's going on, when it really is com- actually completely normal. Yeah. It's more that like, people are being surprised by this because they're trying to pull in mainstream people with this like, live service stuff, right. and they're butting their heads against it because they don't understand these things. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, I do feel like on some level that is a problem for, for Blizzard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because maybe if they didn't have these elements, you know, people would just buy the game without a second thought and like not worry about anything yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and it's like how much money will they actually make on these there is also the I don't know if you've heard about this the egregious price of cosmetics oh yeah maybe I was telling you about that or oh, I, no, I, can't I definitely heard from okay. other places they sound pretty nuts yeah. yeah and at the same time it's like who gives a shit because it's like it's just shit that you don't need to buy yeah. right so yeah. it's like at the same I mean it's, it's a little bit like well fuck you but also a little bit like well it's just, it's just is cosmetic is it just cosmetic you know? though yeah because I heard it was For, from what I 100% pay to win I think you might be thinking of Diablo Immortals, no. the mobile game. No, no, no. And it's not immortal, it's immoral. Um, <laughs> no, it's definitely not I don't that. Know. It's Diablo 4. That's a really good question. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. But If that is true, none of my actual friends who are playing it have said anything. Okay. And I haven't seen any news headlines about it. Are they PvPers? No. Uh, Joel's pretty hardcore, though. I mean, he's not a PvPer, but he is hardcore. Well, I think like, he would know it, about it. At I least, think it only I mean. matters in the PvP world. Right? Oh, that's interesting. Like yeah. so, because you have to go to a, a certain PvP, like okay. the Dark Zone or whatever. Okay. Uh, okay, it's like a different. It's it's a different thing, you know. It does sound kind of cool. It did yeah. seem kind of neat, but again, I don't remember who it was that was talking about it. Might have been some fucking nobody streamer or something that like actually is talking out of his ass. I just remember hearing that it was like. PvP is pay to win and fuck you. Right. <laughs> and I was right. just like, oh, interesting. Dude, this guy's pissed. But that's very interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll have to look this up after the show. But um, I mean, that would be bad if they were doing that. Well, again, I don't, I, I don't take my word on it here. You know, like I'm no, not. I'll, uh, listen, I'll definitely check. I mean, that, that is that is interesting. Uh, and I, w- I assumed that they would have learned their lesson from Diablo Immortal, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they didn't. I heard I don't it was know. worse. Oh, Diablo Immor- Immortal. Yeah, that, this that game is was worse hardcore. than Immortal. What? That's no, what that can't. I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah, but I will check. Yeah. Uh, maybe, no. maybe we'll circle back to this next time. We'll yeah. see, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's all I have to say. But I mostly just wanted to discuss 
how you know how how Diablo Four is turning out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, fair enough. Do you have anything anything more to add? Not really. No. Okay, moving on to number three. What the living heck is going on with Reddit? So <laughs> I have several uh, news headlines here that I will just I will st- I'll start by just reading them out. I, I just got these off IGN, but the whole sort of shenan- sh- sh- the tomfoolery with Reddit is a widespread and very widely reported. Um, but here's three headlines. I'm going to start in chronological chronological order. And so, this is so beyond me. That's okay. Uh, it's kind of beyond me too. Um, and I think the only thing that gets me into this is the fact that I use Reddit a lot. Right. And I do have my girlfriend as a pretty valuable resource because she is an insane Redditor. Mm-hmm. And she was able to sort of walk me through a little bit of like why people are upset maybe. Mm. Which helped a lot. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the, this starts June 12th, right? We're going back quite a ways here. Uh, in June 12th, we have, uh, here's a headline off IGN. Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and other major subreddits go dark. Uh, protesting the API price changes. And I will read extremely briefly from a Reddit article about what about what was going on at the exact same time as that IGN article was published. A recent Reddit policy change threatens to kill many beloved third party. Now, again, this is written by a redditor, mm-hmm. so this is not a, 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 a major news 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 outlet. Although I have verified all these things independently, so you know, there's there's no as far as I know, there's no incorrect facts here. A recent Reddit policy change threatens to kill many beloved third party mobile apps, making a great many quality of life features not seen in the official mobile app permanently inaccessible to users. On May 31st, 2023, Reddit announced they were raising the price to make calls to their API from being free. This, that, that, that is a really key part of this too, is that in the initial cost was free. Hmm. Uh, being free to a level that will kill every third-party app on Reddit, from Apollo to Reddit is Fun to Narwhal to Bacon Reader. I, I've never used any of these. I, I have some limited experience with the official Reddit app. I mostly just use Reddit on browsers. Mm. So I just don't know. Uh, but I was Louisa was able to help me a little bit with this. Even if you're not a mobile user and don't use any of those apps, this is a step toward killing other ways of customizing Reddit, such as Reddit Enhancement Suite or the use of the old Reddit.com desktop interface. This isn't only a problem on the user level. Many subreddit moderators depend on tools only available outside the official app to keep their communities on topic and spam-free. What's the plan? On June 12th, many subreddits, and again, this is a note from moderators to people using Reddit, On June 12th, many subreddits will be going dark to protest this policy. Some will return after 48 hours. Others will go away permanently unless the issue is adequately addressed. Since many moderators aren't able to put in the work they do with the poor tools available through the official app, this isn't something any of us do lightly. Uh, we do what we do because we love Reddit, and we truly believe this change will make it impossible to keep doing what we love. The two-day blackout isn't the goal, and it isn't the end. Should things reach the 14th with no sign of Reddit choosing to fix what they've broken, we'll use the community and the buzz we've, we've built between then and now as a tool to further action. Uh, and then there's a, a, an awesome little uh, summary of what can you do, you as italicized, as in, like, you know, it feels very, like, what is it, Uncle Sam? Yeah, you know, I want you. Yeah, Uncle Sam wants you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love this, by the way. Um, what can you do? Complain. Um, I'll read. Some of these are really funny. What can you do? Number one, complain. They give they give examples. Number two, spread the word. Rabble rouse on related subreddits. Meme it up. Make it spicy. <laughs> Bitch about it to your cat. Suggest anyone you know who moderates a subreddit join us at our sister hub at our mod cord. But please don't pester mods you don't know by simply spamming their mod mail. Boyk number three, boycott and spread the word. To Reddit's competition, stay off Reddit entirely on June 12th through the 13th. Instead, take to your favorite non-Reddit platform of choice. Make some noise and support. Number four, don't be a jerk. And as upsetting as this may be, threats, profanity, and vandalism will be worse than useless in getting people on our side. Please make every effort to be as restrained, polite, reasonable, and law-abiding as possible. Um, I thought this was... Awesome. Well written. Ex- yeah, extremely well written. Even amusing, you could say. Like Definitely. A, 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 a play to your cat. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like you know, uh, a nice sensitivity to good writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go pound sand. Exactly, exactly. So that's uh, that's that. Next, now I'll read another headline, which is June sixteenth, four days after that. This is uh, again off IGN. Reddit threatens to remove moderators if they don't reopen subreddits. Reddit is reaching out to moderators that are looking to reopen communities currently closed due to protests. Um, so now this one here is the Reddit resp- response. Uh, this is the response that the Reddit communities wrote to their users. In response to the fact that uh, Reddit, the company, was trying to was claiming it was going to start removing mods, as y'all likely know, we've been dark to support the blackout against Reddit's antagonistic behavior towards its own user base. There's a link to the article, previous article. The admins sent us a message today saying we must open or get removed. So here we are. For those of you browsing this subreddit on non-official apps, Reddit is fun, Apollo, Sync, Boost, etc. They will break on July 1st due to Reddit's new policies. We're opening back up, but we'll leave permanent stickies in the subreddit and threads to keep folks in the know. Our Discord server is active. Don't forget to check it out. And then the article, I will summarize from the IGN article. Reddit moderators are saying they've been contacted by the company, which is apparently threatening to reopen subreddits that are currently closed due to ongoing protests. Basically, what happened, in summary, is Reddit reached out to the moderators and was like, you can see this from actually from both angles, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, They reached out to them and they said, listen... If according to and this is in accordance with Reddit's uh, terms of service, I believe, and and their general moderator policies and general subreddit policies, they just said to the moderators as a group, like uh, like obviously the company from their perspective is like, okay, the users want their Reddit back. They 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 went to the moderators and were like, do any of you want to actually moderate? If so, you can go moderate, and we will remove people who are not interested in moderating. And you really can see it both ways. Mm. You can see it as uh, as them just being like threatening to like listen, like we're gonna we're gonna replace you all with scabs if you don't want to go back to work, and right? Thing, right? Or you can look at it as well. That's true. If one of them does want to mod and the other ones don't, it is in their. Um, I think it's in their like moderator sort of like agreement. A, code of conduct or something that like if one person wants to mod and other like if other if moderators don't want to cooperate they can be removed in favor of moderators who would prefer to yeah you know for whatever reason right um but you know as somebody points out on twitter they they felt that reddit was just digging the hole deeper and deeper they are essentially threatening moderators of subreddits that are blacking out indefinitely that they'll be removed uh that was from some twitter user aaron p p613 then we have another article this is four days after that steam subreddit protests reddit's new api rules by posting about literal steam just blowing off steam so mm-hmm. uh the steam subreddit is protesting against reddit's new api changes by posting about dot 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 literal airy gassy steam i love saying gassy mm-hmm. the community forum is normally the place steam deck owners and other pc gamers visit to get the latest news about everything related to steam and its parent company valve today however pc gamer reports that steam subreddit is filled to the rim with pictures of steam flowing out of everything that produces it posts about steam include but are not limited to steam ships steam tractors trains Boiling pots, enclosed greenhouses, and barbecue grills. Um, it even includes two steamed hams memes from The Simpsons. Right, one I featuring <laughs> one featuring the original scene, and the other where Principal Skinner presents a platter of steampunk gear to Superintendent Chalmers, which I have never seen, but sounds kind of funny. Um, that's pretty much it. So uh, this is in response to the fact that they were threatening to sort of, you know, uh, Reddit was threatening to remove some moderators in some cases, right? To avoid retaliation, the Steam subreddit in particular and, the, and others who participated in the Reddit blackout previously uh, that have completely changed what types of posts are allowed in their respective communities, making the topic somewhat related but not the same. So they're just like, you can now only post about Steam. The Reddit is technically open, but any post that is not 
including steam literal steam, will not be allowed. That's, right? Yeah. So they're essentially going rogue to try to, you know, like, no, we're not going to back down. Right. Like, we're going to do this now. And, like, it's technically not against their terms of service or something. You know what I mean? Right, right. So th- there's this whole... What I find the most fascinating about this, and that's really all we'll do from the news perspective, um, what I find most fascinating about this is that this is mostly all happening behind the scenes. Mm. And for the most part, nobody has, like, no regular person has any idea what's going on, including myself, right? Including you, who you probably, I assume, go to Reddit every now and then when when linked from something, right? It's it's completely by accident, you know? That's how it started for me, right? It was like I would start Googling games, and, like, whenever I I would get really in-depth and complex in, in about something, yeah, yeah. When I when you I would get there, when I would get really inside baseball about it, mm-hmm. it would inevitably end up at, at, at Reddit. No <laughs> doubt, know? like there's no real alternative. Yeah, it's yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you want to know the stats of intelligence weapons in fucking Elden Ring? Thank it's you. Like, oh, exactly. Life, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's how I would end up there. I totally lost the thought. It's okay. You know, I just wanted to sort of have a, a really brief discussion about this. We can't hope to handle this topic adequately because we're not equipped. Um, but I, I am really curious about it because I'm, I'm an end user uh, and I do have a love for Reddit. And I can see where the moderators are coming from here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend uh, recently who was saying, you know, is it that big a deal? Like, you know, do... Um, I mean, does it really matter if uh, if these things are happening? And I think he was really just looking at it from sort of like a, a very extreme end user perspective, just kind of being like, you know, why do why do my subreddits need to go dark? Like, what what's the like? Is it really an issue kind of thing? Like, is there really anything? And I sympathize with his, with his perspective. And when I dug into this further, I feel like I mean, it is hard to see the issue here um, because the issue is really mostly for moderators themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a lot of people I think fail to realize is that. Like uh, we sort of really briefly touched on previously, you know, these API pricing changes are going from free to costing. They one of the articles on IGN sites is an example. The wave of subreddits going dark comes as a result of a new pricing strategy that raised the cost of Reddit's API. Uh, it's fascinating to note that the IGN article here does not note that it went from free to a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't say the initial price of the app, which is interesting. The interface used by third-party developers to access and use Reddit data. Though announced a few months ago, the severity of the changes only came to light earlier in June when the developer of Apollo, an app used by millions to browse and read Reddit posts, said it would now cost upwards of $20 million a year to run. Wow. So from free to upwards of $20 million a year to run. Is this man exaggerating? Is the person who wrote, like, are they exaggerating about Apollo? I don't know. Mm. But even if they are, it looks like it went from nothing to a pretty large amount, right? Mm. And, like, I mean, my girlfriend was able to tell me that the Reddit app itself, like, most people agree is, like, total dog shit, Mm. right? Like, nobody likes it. Nobody uses it. It's awful. The code is bad. Reddit seems to be a company that's really, really good at gathering people together to to discuss stuff. Not good at designing, like, really useful uh, sort of, like, app interfaces kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, by all accounts, you know, these third-party apps were kind of necessary because the company itself was unwilling to make a tool good enough to handle the the necessary load and deliver the necessary user experience, right? Right, right. So, it's kind of like, what's happening here? I mean, maybe this will help people sort of, like, sympathize with with what's going on. What's happening here is that the people who made these apps, I think, for free in a lot of cases, that can browse Reddit well, that probably are in most cases labors of love, are now, like, the company is now being like, okay, you can't do this anymore, I want tons of money for it, and I'm not going to give you a solution, Mm -hmm. right? This is the issue, right? So it's like, and while it may be easy to just boil it down to like, can I just have my subreddits back, please? Listen, I want my subreddits, I'm on Aliens Fireteam subreddit, 
I'm on the what else am I on? I'm on the Marvel Champions subreddit. I'm on the fucking you better believe I'm on the Cyberpunk Reddit. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be on the Star Wars Destiny Reddit soon. Yeah. Oh, I've already been digging. I've been digging around like mad in the Elite Dangerous subreddit. And that is necessary. Let yeah, me tell yeah, you, man, yeah. for that fucking game. Um, so, you know, I want my subreddits back too. But the thing is, it sounds like what the company is doing is really not great here. Right. And right. what we want is the long-term health of Reddit. Yeah. Right? And Reddit is a place that's like about the, the users having just a nice, friendly, communal experience. And it does not sound like these policies are very geared towards that, in my opinion. Fair enough. From what I've read. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. You know? Like I said, it's it's an issue that's kind of beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say is that from reading all this stuff about the mods, I mean, I know from personal experience that the mods, from one limited anecdote that happened to me specifically, I feel like the mods work very hard to prevent um, spam and to prevent what, what, what they would call, unlawful is the wrong word, but um, a promotion that is uh, outside of their terms of service. Right. Right? Like, I tried to post about our show one time, and I got shut down. Like, like the anvil and hammer came down within, like, max an hour of that happening. Hmm. And that's because some, like, devoted mod is out there trying to protect the Aliens Fireteam community from, I don't know, nasty journalist outlets who are just, yeah. like, trying to get free promotion, right? And I completely understand what they what they were trying to do, and, like, we came to an agreement later, and everything was fine, but it's, like... That only happened because some mod who is probably doing it for free is just working hard to try and like keep promoters out of their subreddit, right? And it's yeah. like we got to think about the mods because the the mods are the ones who sort of like are a little bit the glue. From what I understand, they're a little bit the glue that like keeps everything sort of running smoothly and like you know, or the or the oil in the in the, in the what's the metaphor I'm looking for here? The grease with the in the chains. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's it. I mean, that, that's all I have to say about it. I mostly just didn't want to ignore the fact that this is happening because it's it's big, mm-hmm. it's far-reaching. It's not necessarily video games related, but I feel like one of the number one things Reddit is used for, one of the largest categories, single categories, is just video game discussion. Yeah, right? like yeah. I mean, that has to be one of the biggest ones. It's got it. Like, there's on. a fucking there's like people going, and I mean, God, like I appreciate the input of these people so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, there are people writing about the most obscure shit on the Elite Dangerous. Definitely. Like I was able to Google incredibly specific stuff. Like you know, how do I go from this place to this place with a ship that has this, but I want to coordinate with my friend, but he's not in the right. And it's like incredibly specific things. Mm-hmm. You know? So, anyways. Um, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Do you have anything, anything to add? No, not really. All right, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to number four. Exakiller. I'm excited about this one. Mm-hmm. Exakiller gameplay reveal video looks like a bounty hunter's cyberpunk dream. Uh, this I'm getting off Escapist Magazine. Now, I can't even remember how this game got put on my radar. I thought that I missed it at Summer Games Fest, but turns out uh, this game was actually first announced back in 2021. Hmm. So, To me, this is uh, this should be the gameplay for Blade Runner. Yeah. 80s. Yeah. Sci-fi. Yeah. Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. You're right. This is this is Blade This Runner. is the Blade Runner. Yeah. This is the real... Will the real Blade Runner please stand up? It's maybe this game. Maybe. Maybe it the maybe gameplay actually is Blade Runner. You know? <laughs> the question is, do you, how do you say it? Do you say it Exekiller? No clue. Do you say it... It, it makes me wonder... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with old DOS programming on like old PCs, but... The files that run the games, it's always they're always called their executable files, and their their file designation is .exe. Mm. It makes me wonder: is this a reference to the .exe files? You know, like because mm. it's they're going for a little bit of an old school aesthetic. Right, it's like right. that maybe that might fit the era. You know, I don't I don't know, um, but I just I mean this game again, Exekiller. It's by let me just say something about the studio. So Exekiller, come back to the article for a second. This is Paradark Paradark Studios sci-fi western FPS Exekiller. 
that's a genre for you. Just got a gameplay reveal video that showcases some of its gunslinging combat. There's lots to gawk at in the four and a half minute trailer, but above all, it's great to see Exekiller looking more like a polished experience than when we saw its reveal trailer a year and a half ago, mm. which is nuts. I mean, first of all, that's another thing that made me really happy was I was like, oh shit, this is already a game that was revealed a year and a half ago, and this is where it's come since then. Pretty That's big. fucking awesome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, this video, which showcases pre-alpha gameplay, takes place at a mostly abandoned desert gas station as the player character rummages around for a bounty target. However, things quickly go awry when simple resource gathering turns into a murder scene. Um, this is where Exekiller takes the time to highlight combat with its futuristic revolver. No human enemies are harmed here. Uh, instead, the bounty hunting hero takes it a group of cyborg enemies. Right. The real Blade Dude, Runner. Dude, since. You're fucking right. Yeah, since. Totally. And, and the revolver. The futuristic and the revolver. revolver. You're like, right. You're I, so right. Dude, when I saw this, I was Man. like, this is. The cars are the same. Yeah. The hover fucking, car. The hover car with the 80s fucking yeah. style. It's like, like a marriage between Tron and Blade Runner, maybe, or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. You know, like, like the, the imagery from Tron in terms of like the way they show dashboards and like numbers and like computery stuff. To me, it still feels Blade Runner, man. Yeah, I th- you're right. I, I do like, agree with you. What can I read here? If you haven't noticed, Paradark might have taken some inspiration from Cyberpunk 2077. Still, this game's western angle has kept it feeling fresh so far. See the Exekiller gameplay reveal for yourself below. Now, I'm going to say, just unequivocally, you need to just watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. Just go watch the trailer. This game is called Exekiller. You can search for a four and a half minute trailer. That's all you need to know. This article itself, though, if anyone is kind of keen out there, this is, this is on The Escapist. And again, the headline is Exekiller Gameplay Reveal Video Looks Like a Bounty Hunter's Cyberpunk Dream. And then they even link, actually, they include the article underneath this one back in 2020, 2021 when it first was revealed. Mm. And they have a big interview with the, uh, the creators. It's like two, it's two people. Okay. Uh, I think it's a two-people studio that may have grown to like 15 now. Mm. But they started out with just two. And they're actually, they're ex, they're, they were originally, I want to say maybe, is it filmmakers? Yeah, here's a little snippet from the interview with the creators of, uh, of the company Paradox Studios. Uh, sorry, the, the heads of the company Paradox Studios who, are, who initially revealed this game one and a half years ago. Cassio Vid- Vidmanska, I hope I'm saying that right, and Amadeus Robel. Uh, <clears throat> we are Cassia and Amadeus, owners and founders of Paradox Studio. We love challenges, we love playing games. One day, a few years back, we just thought, why don't we try to create our own game? At first, it was an after-hours job just for fun, but last year, we decided to make it official. Currently, we are also working on our first movie, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Hmm. There's a million things that are... Go read this interview. If you're interested in this game, the interview is fucking killer, and I'm so much more interested in this than I was when I... When I initially saw this video, wrote it down, and, and was like, I should talk about this with Teague. Mm-hmm. The interview is so badass. I mean, first of all, imagery just like this. I mean, and I believe this is from the, or when they originally were working on the game. Already looks pretty good. Mm. You know what I mean? And one thing that I thought was, I'm, skip, I'm going to skip over a ton here because, you know, in the interest of time. But one thing I thought was really fascinating that really made me feel good about the way these guys are, are handling this game is at the end, they have a synopsis in the interview. And to address what you were saying about Blade Runner, here's one little quote from the two of them. We are huge fans of Fallout, Red Dead, and also both Blade Runner movies and also Deus Ex. I fucking love Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get enough of that, that franchise. And um, they do have some bullet time shit in this, from what I understand. I can't remember if that was yeah, in the trailer no, or not. I, yeah, totally. Where it's like yeah. they sort of shift sideways yeah. a little bit. And then it's like, yeah, Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think they have some Mad Max influence too. No, sorry, Max not Payne. Mad Max. Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and playing these games, having awesome fun, but also a lot of aesthetic or emotional experience. To mention more inspirations, we were also fans of cyberpunk literature like Philip K. Dick and William Gibson. All of it had a huge impact on us, so it's hard to point out exactly exact gameplay mechanics or systems. They continue. I'm going to skip over a little bit here and go to the end. Also, at one point in time, Escapist asks them directly, 
how would you describe the com- the, um, the influence for the vehicular combat? And they said the Mad Max video game. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that that game was low key awesome. Mm, right? Moments, yeah. It really did. And the I was like, was good. The, the, right? The rest wasn't so good. But that's that's all they're saying is exactly. just the driving. Take the good you know stuff. what I mean? Exactly. Um, and from the end of the article, the final question uh, that Escapist asks them. Is there anything else you'd like to add about Exekiller, Paradox Studio, or indie game development? Uh, Vidmansky and Robel, we would like to cool down the enthusiasm of some people, especially those who compare us to Cyberpunk 2077. We are creating an ambitious game, but we are far from the scale, financing, and momentum of CDPR. We are a small team aware of our limitations. That's why we create something that we will be able to handle. Besides, our game has nothing to do with that Cyberpunk game, more with the genre itself. We do retro-futuristic Western with cyber elements. And that's it. Uh, they, they note in the end... Escapist notes in the end, Exekiller is in development for PC via Steam and good old games, and quote-unquote, if all goes well, it will also come to consoles. Nice. What do you think? I mean, I mean, looks cool, again, to me, looks like what I would kind of hope the Blade Runner game will be. Yeah. I'm not actually thinking that it will, but because they were both on the same list, when I watched this trailer, I was like, <laughs> is this the fucking Blade Runner? And then yeah. I was like, oh, no. And then I watched the Blade Runner one, and I was like, nah. I mean, it was cool. But it's cinematic, right? Yeah. So I don't actually see what the gameplay is. Whereas this no. was like... I Pure was like, gameplay. Dude. Like, right? Dude. Um, yeah. They get you right in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is not hard to imagine how fun it will be playing this game. No. no you know no, what no. I mean? No. Um, I'm not even sure if I will play it. But just all in all, the trailer oh, makes it look very interesting. And um, I like the aesthetic. I like the... Yeah. The works. For me, this is a must play. Mm-hmm. If, and if it comes out in any form resembling what we just saw... It's 100% a must play. Yeah. 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 It, it really immediately, I was like, yeah, I really like the feel of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to see what this feels like. Mostly, I mean, the art aesthetic, the fact that it's explory. They talk in the interview, uh, I didn't go into it, but they talk about how they're creating a, like, it's an open place to explore, but it's small. Like, mm-hmm. it's not huge. Like, the game is not going to be huge. It will, but it will be a really interesting place to explore with enough places to get lost in your car and, like, explore nooks and crannies. And those nooks and crannies will be handcrafted and will, and will be, like, really um, sort of rewarding to go explore, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. And, I mean, to me, it just, it all sounds great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a little, I guess, a little discouraged by the fact that, like, when I watched the trailer, I'm like, so I'm only going to fight identical-looking cyborgs? I assume that's because of where they are in development. Yeah, I would right? think. One would think. I mean, you if know. you're bounty hunting, yeah, they exactly. can't all be the same. Exactly. Unless you have yeah. to scan each one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, And it sounds like, I mean, they also talk about stuff like having a bit of freedom of choice, too. Like, they talk about elements where it's like, you know, to get the bounty. Like, you'll go to places, you'll find the bounties, and you'll go drive to get to the bounties and have to track them down, look for clues. Uh, you can ha- you can do stealth if you want. You can just go in guns blazing. That's a little bit reminiscent of Deus Ex and mm. Deus Ex's approach to like how you can approach a combat scenario. Right, right. Uh, also, once you find the bounty, you can kill them. You can bring them in. You can let them go. They say that there will be some decision points throughout the story. They Makes say sense. that this was kind of funny, but they were like. Uh, and your choices will have impact on the end. We've all heard this a lot. Who knows, right? But they specifically, explicitly stated, they were like, your choices will have impact on the end, and it won't just be the last five minutes of gameplay. Mm, okay. <laughs> which, to me, feels like a direct uh, middle finger to Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which, deservedly so. You know, okay. it, it has one of those, like, yeah, you make a big decision right at the end, so, of course, you can just reload your save and, like, do it differently mm-hmm. if you want, which mm-hmm. is, like, do the decisions have meaning, you know? Yeah, not really. No. Anyways, um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to add, unless you do. No, no, no. 
I think it looks incredible. Um, I can't believe where this was hiding for the past year and a half. I'm glad that I know about it now, and I can't wait to see more from this to the studio. Yeah, for sure. Um, they sound like a really promising studio. They, they sound, again, I would really suggest read the interview if, if you're interested. Escapist Magazine, it's fucking good. It's a good interview. Mm. You know, And they sound really cool. Like yeah. They sound like a, I don't know, just a nice, a nice developer company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so uh, briefly moving on to what we've been playing. Right. Uh, I forgot. Uh, we did not cover that in... I mostly I'll leave with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got myself down for Elite Dangerous, Star Wars Destiny. I mean, I already kind of said about Elite Dangerous earlier in the show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I haven't really played much games at all, lately, mm-hmm. to be honest. No, me neither. It's summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I usually play games in summer, anyways. But for whatever reason, I think since getting busy back from vacation, <laughs> it's yeah, been a busy yeah. summer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think the being on vacation and deconnecting completely like kind of helped me to just like appreciate other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and but yeah, what little time I have spent playing games, I did play maybe like three sessions of Elite Dangerous. Uh, I haven't coordinated with my friend yet. Although me and Fred have a hot Elite Dangerous date for tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring your best looking Starfighter mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to trying it with him We are, I think Going to finally meet each other in the galaxy well, I mean, I think you know, It went horribly wrong the first time But we've confirmed multiple times That we are in the same Star Quadrant area now We're both in the starter zone We have our training wheels on hey. <laughs> We haven't left uh, until the, the, be- the big and scary uh, open Wide area. open space Right yeah. Um, so I'm going to try that And it's kind of like I'm glad that I'm going to try it with him Because I'm also I mean I'm sort of not gaming a lot lately And like I still don't really know If I can get into a game like Elite Dangerous mm-hmm. you know? like, But I have played a few sessions And it's I do think that it fit, Yeah I guess this is one thing I did want to say Like I said earlier I do think it fits the cozy game genre Right, right? Which is It's kind of nice to finally try something That maybe might fit Fred's definition of cozy game Yeah Like mm-hmm. he was asking before um, Because yeah I mean you really do You you sort of almost You kind of make your own objectives mm-hmm. You make your own There's not really any point to the game mm-hmm. you, I mean other than I guess Getting bigger and bigger ships But it's like other than that You know you just make your own point You make your own objectives Right you know? Um, like you can, you know, you choose to your lifestyle. Do you want to hunt hunt uh, bounty pirates? Do you want to just go and kill? A, excuse me, go and kill other players for fun, mm-hmm. for shits and giggles, Troll. and like, yeah, yeah, and like get bounties on you, and then get other people to chase after you. Um, you know, piss off all the like federal galactic agencies, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna send fighter ships after you and shit. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I'm scared to do it, but like, it's really easy to violate laws in this game too. Okay. I don't, oh yeah, because you haven't actually tried I haven't it yet. Turned it on. Yeah, you, you you'll get like speeding. Warnings uh, coming out of star of, of uh, star star docks mm-hmm. like uh, like starports right um, you, within a certain distance you're speeding and like if you speed for too long you'll get a speeding ticket and if you get too many of these speeding tickets you'll get an international bounty put on you and it's like there's all these complicated ways to remove it Jesus. the bounty can fall but it's like it's cool too because it's like if you get a, a bounty by a specific power like you can just fly to a different region of space that isn't right. Like that doesn't have that power in it, but your other your other bounty never goes away. Mm-hmm. It's just like you can dodge it indefinitely by. But then of course there's like a tier system where like if it escalates to a certain level, then it becomes like an intergalactic bounty. Right, right, right. It's really neat. Um, and so there's yeah there's speeding. It's like if you fire guns within a certain proximity of a starport, that's an automatic like uh, you know that's a paddling. Uh, speeding's a paddling. Uh, like even attacking a certain kind of ship, that's 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 a paddling. Mm-hmm. That that'll get you a fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a uh, it's a weird game, <laughs> and yeah. I I continue to be intrigued by it. Um, I'm curious. I got a, I got a new ship. It's 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 all sleek and fast, and like <laughs> it's very maneuverable. But it it lacks a lot of um, it doesn't have very good hull, mm. you know. So it's like it's got pretty good shields. It's got better shields than the starting ship, 
and around the same hull level of the starting starting ship, but it's way more maneuverable, way faster. It's cool too because you know this is. Uh, did I never tell the story on the podcast about how all my ship systems shut down after I installed everything? No, man. So the first time I bought, I bought this new ship, I bought all these fancy weapons, and I went out into space. And as soon as I got out of the speeding zone, right of the of the starport, I'm like, cool. Let's like boot up all the because I had like way more guns than I had before, and they were like different exciting guns. Like let's boot everything up up, up and see what happens. So I switch on all the weapon systems, and suddenly. Everything crashes on my ship. All the systems go down, Not and all these power? yeah, all these warnings of like you know life support disabled, like you know mm-hmm. sensors disabled, like emergency oxygen is at this level. Like all the ship systems fail because like I didn't check into the fact that like you have like my power output of my generator is not nearly enough to power. Right. It's awesome, man. Yeah. And then that sparked a like at least you know two to three hour uh, circling back to Reddit, a two to three hour uh, you know subreddit. Journey, Search, yeah. yeah, of trying to figure out, and all these people saying awesome advice, like, like, oh, like you can totally still run with, like, you don't have to power everything. It's like you just got to set your like system um, uh, preferences right so that like it powers down the right things when you turn on the guns. Because mm-hmm. of course you don't need the cargo scoop and like the fuel scoop while you're you know going to kill somebody. Right, right. So just set those low priority; those will all power down, and you'll still be able to run. And it's like this kind of minutia. It's a sim. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I both am appalled by it in some ways and ex- extremely intrigued. You know? For sure. It's one of those weird things, yeah. So all that to say, excited to try and hook up with Fred. I hope that works. You mm-hmm. know, I hope we can actually meet each other uh, because it was a total shit show last time. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, will it be fun? Who knows? But uh, yeah. I am curious. And aside from that, Star Wars Destiny, uh, I got into this game. I was at a comic book, st- I was at a nerdy game store. Did I talk about this last time on the podcast? No, don't I think didn't. so. I was at a nerdy game store close to my country place, which was in Malone, New York State. Uh, Malone, New York State is the is the closest big city. It's like um, our actual like Shattergate, New York is like one stoplight. Mm. It's like it's like an intersection. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> you know, there's a main street with four businesses. Mm. Uh, so I was at the local gaming store and I was looking at products. The guy there's pretty pretty cool actually. I, I, I've seen him before. He's he's a really nice guy. I think he owns the store. And um, I was hesitating a long time on Star Wars Destiny. It's an old game. It came out in like I think 2017 or something. Mm-hmm. It's been long. It's been discontinued for at least three or four years now. Uh, and I was just looking at it because I'd always been thinking about this game, and I always heard it was good for people who played it. And he was like, and we were talking about it for a while. He was a, a big enthusiast on the game, and he was like, you know what? If you want to try it, I'd be willing to just give that to you for ten bucks, like US, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, fuck yeah! I'm like, I'll take that right now. And I was like, I was there with my my. God nephew, for lack of a better thing to call him, uh, my god sister or cousin, if you will's kid, uh, and not related though. And um, yeah, it was like he seems kind of can I can I get it? Would you give me another one for him? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, okay. So I just bought two immediately, gave one to him, and was like, and that started this journey into this game. <laughs> uh, I've since gotten extremely into it. Um, I mean, like, I, this is kind of what I do, right? Yeah. But I played two sessions with my brother Jake and. It was some of the most fun I've had playing a game like this mm. in such a fucking long time. It was a blast. And the crazy thing is, because I'm able to get into this from the sort of like awesome deck building. I, I do like Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. That part appeals a lot. But I can get into the really complex deck building shit where it's like I'm tinkering with stuff. I'm trying to find cool combinations that work, you know, yada, yada. And like Jake is less interested in the deck building. He's more interested in just the play itself. And like the fact, like we have very different approaches to games. And the fact that we both fucking love this from the get go was like 
just so so cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I just I can't wait to play more Star Wars Destiny. That's that's I've just bought a whole. There's a massive pile of dice uh, that that just came from the nerd store. Mm. Uh, you have a whole bunch more cards. Spent an irresponsible amount of money on mm. it. Uh, very excited to keep playing. But, oh, um, cool. Yeah, anyways, that's, that's pretty much all I've been playing. How about, how about you? What you been uh, I really haven't been playing much at all. I played a few rounds of uh, Red Dead with a buddy, probably 10 minutes a time. Um, so, very little. And uh, still a boring-ass game. Um, but hey, you know, it's it's fun shit. Anything is fun with friends, right? So, Anything is fun with friends. Again, yeah. just, uh, it's more just to shoot the shit yeah, with yeah. a buddy. I, was like, <clears throat> I mean, when I played Elite Dangerous with a friend the other time... We pretty much just talked to each other for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it. I never even saw him in the game. There so. you go. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like it's kind of an interesting excuse to hang out. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, but no, I really haven't been playing much at all. Cool. So. Well, listen. I mean, if you happen to end up in our who knows, if you Elites. end up in our quadrant of space tomorrow, we'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to the rapid fire. Insert machine gun sounds here. Number one, Ark Survival Evolved Remastered delayed to October. I got you this. don't say. There's no <laughs> way, though. No, they promised it would come out in August. But they promised it. They promised. But so they promised. They don't, they don't lie. Uh, I want to say IGN is getting this from... Is there a special source here? Oh, yeah. And IGN uh, notes this is uh, initially reported by PC Gamer. So, uh, a little snippet from the article. The already messy situation around Ark Survival Evolved's remaster just got messier as developer studio wildcarders delayed the game to October. As reported by PC Gamer, an update on the ARC forums revealed the push to October, uh, but no specific release date was shared. Controversial, controversial move from Studio Wildcard to shut down the original game service has also been delayed September 30th. The remaster, titled ARC Survival Ascended, has also received a price reduction to $44.99. That's USD, I assume. But those who buy it on day one will pay $39.99. Delay is a result of complications in working with the new engine. It's not the first time the developer has walked back decisions surrounding Ark Survival Ascended as there was significant community backlash to the initial announcement. The remaster was announced as part of a pre-order bundle for the sequel and alongside news that current game servers would be shut down. Players who'd clocked hundreds of hours on PS4, for example, couldn't continue playing the game without pre-ordering a $50 sequel bundle and buying a PS5. Which is, you know, let's let that sink in for a moment. It is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Even after walking back the pre-order bundle and selling the game separately, it still requires users to upgrade to the next generation of consoles and buy the game again. That's all there is here from the news article. Teak, what do you think? I think a uh, big fucking shocker. I don't think it'll be out this year. No, and I don't even care. How do you feel about... Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. <laughs> how do you feel about the approach they're having with, uh, you know, just how they're charging it, you know, whatever, how the whole release is going? I mean, do you just not care because you're sort of checked out on the game? Or do you feel that, like, the way they're handling it is not great? I Until I see actual gameplay... I just don't know what to expect from the remaster. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm not uh, gonna buy another generation console. Yeah, uh, because this game is only gonna be available on it. You yeah, know? like so. Basically, I've just come to terms with not playing it. Right. And since they're shutting down the old game, yeah, I'm just that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And like, you know what? Maybe just fuck you, Wildcard. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Again, it was I can't fu- say I wouldn't be feeling the same way. But it was fun with friends. Sure, I got convinced into it. I hated it. I thought it was terrible the first time I played it. And then enough people convinced me, and I had enough fun with friends that, whatever, I got my fill. But yeah. um, I spent a lot of fucking money on it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I think the base game when I bought it, I think I got it on a sale probably like fucking 40 bucks or something. Right. Um, but then each DLC was twenty nine ninety nine. Right. And then there was one DLC that was uh, gen 
and it came with Gen 2 that was yet to be released. I think that was like 60 bucks. Jeez. So in total, I've probably spent like $300 yeah. on this game, and then yeah. they're just going to shut it down. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm not giving you any more money. Yeah. And I don't care if you make something phenomenal. Like, yeah. again, you, you fucking pissed on me, and yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna fucking. Uh, it feels a little bit similar. Going. That that totally makes sense. It feels a little bit similar to me, yeah, um, as how I felt with the Destiny Two thing, mm-hmm. where it's like uh, kind of like you. I'd probably put in a total of about three hundred dollars or something, maybe yeah. maybe two hundred. I don't know, but like yeah, far maybe. more than the initial price of the game. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I had bought all the stuff up until that point in time, and then it's like the new expansion coming out was suddenly more expensive than the initial full game right. when it released, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me? No, like man. that's too much, guys. Like, that, come on." You know, I'll yeah. take a certain amount of abuse, but at a certain point, it's like you got to draw the line. Yeah, or you're just like they're bitch. And um, I really was on Bungie's side up until that point. Too, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, like I was, I would defend the uh, the, the expansion prices, I, and I wouldn't have a problem with uh, with them so much. It was like the delays, all this stuff, whatever that I knew was coming already. Yeah, like I called this fucking ages ago. Like totally. it's not gonna come out when they say it is. For sure, whatever. What really fucks me off is that they're shutting down the OG one that I spent so much money on. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's, that's the only actual problem. So it's here, like, right? I don't care that the new one is only accessible on PS5. Yeah. Um, just let me keep my shit yeah. that I paid for. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, but to make what, you know, the, to make what I paid for it not work anymore, it's just kind of like, yeah. fuck you, wildcard. Like, I don't give a shit. It feels a little, stuff. it feels a little bit to me like pooping where you eat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you got successful off this like group of fans, and it's like Mm -hmm. maybe be more careful with their approval. I don't know. I don't know. To to tell you the truth, though, most people I know that were like that are the crazy arc people Mm -hmm. are like they don't give a fuck. They'll keep paying whatever. They're just such fanboys, such like diehard whatever that they'll just they'll keep paying no matter what. Like they would go out and buy a PS6 if they need to play. You know, like. I, I do think there's something to be said for the idea that games like this are bought with the idea that there are multiplayer games and they have servers and it's not reasonable as a consumer to expect that these things will always exist because of the very nature that they require these big infrastructures behind them. Mm. I do think there's something to be said for that and that concept does resonate with me. It still doesn't feel great what's happening. You know what I mean? No, and like, I mean, I think a life cycle, you know, is a yeah. thing. Like, So I'm pretty sure... Ark isn't a very recent game. No, um, that's true. I, I'm, I just want to check when it actually came out here. 2015, okay? There you go. So, if they're talking about shutting the game down this year, yeah. the game's not even 10 years old. Like, go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> like, to me, yeah. b- considering that the last uh, thing I had to pay for w- was, like, maybe a year and a half ago, right. and that was $60, yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing if you only pay for the initial. A lot, yeah. yeah, so so okay, it was. Uh, let's say I bought it on sale at fifty, um, and then there was a uh, DLCs every fuck very often. You know, like very often, twenty nine bucks, 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 sixty dollars. Um, and then, but the $60 did count as two. It gave you two new maps. And there was a whole bunch of maps in between that you didn't have to pay for. Okay. But there was more that you did. Yeah. Um, and they were, like, game-changing, yeah. right? So if you were in PvP, you needed to buy this right. 
to be able to fucking compete, basically. Right. And it was just kind of like yeah, a little bit, a little, nasty. Yeah. A little snaky, and then yeah. again to just shut everything down. Yeah. When it was this recently that yeah. I spent another sixty on top, yeah. that fucking rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And that's where I just kind of like, you know what? Fuck you, wild card. Fuck Ark. I don't care about dinosaurs anyway. <laughs> and um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not gonna fucking lose any sleep over it. Sure. You know? Sure, but I don't care that it's delayed. I don't care if it gets canceled. I honestly, I'm just like maybe what gets you back in the is Arc Two when it comes out. Who knows? Maybe I can't see. It, it will it, be fascinating. I to can't see, see it see happening. That, so. um, but um, the what the only possibility is that I end up with a PS5 for some other reason. Yeah, and then I find this on Leverage. sale. And um, well, it's still, funnily enough, still might be Hunt Showdown just to get the proper <laughs> FPS. Um, I don't know, nice. but yeah. You know, um, anyways, yeah, it's bad taste in my mouth. Fuck Wildcard. I don't care. It's delayed. Okay, moving on. Number two. Yeah, man. Scorn is coming to PS Five later this year. Uh, so th- I got this off IGN. Uh, it's getting a physical release too. Notes the article. Scorn, the horror puzzle adventure game released last year on Xbox Series X, S, and PC, is coming to PS Five, PlayStation, and. Ebb Software announced today. Uh, and this came, uh, IGN notes directly from the PlayStation blog post where they outline uh, details about the game's release on PlayStation. And there isn't a lot to say here. If you don't remember, Scorn is the extremely unusual looking sort of HR Geiger kind of game. Reminded me of that film Existence um, in the uh, 90s or early 2000s where it's like organic tech kind yeah. of and like yeah. weird. Yeah. Very weird, kind of gross. Yeah, um, but just weird. It does. Yeah, more, biotech. Yeah, it's all no, totally. biotech shit. Totally, right? totally. It, it does more alien for me, but I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah, right. that's also very accurate. Uh, and it's like you know, I mean, if you have not heard of Scorn, it's probably best to just look up a picture or two because that's kind of all you need to know. Uh, and I always thought the game looked interesting. It reviewed. Very all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, IGN, for example, give it a 7 on 10. Uh, I can say that on Metacritic it has PC on Metacritic, basically the same as IGN, a 70. Over 72 critic reviews, which is a lot. Um, so the game is a little all over the place. I personally heard from like just, you know folks I listen to in, in the gaming world that also very mixed stuff. But one thing that people unequivocally did say is that it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whether the... I think it, it kind of sounds like the story with Scorn is basically like, this is one of the crazy and weirdest ideas I've ever seen, and the gameplay's horrible. Mm. But the world and the, the just the idea behind it are so weird and bizarre that, like, it's kind of fascinating kinda fun, on that yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. One thing I would like to know, actually, which I'll, I'll check right now, is, is it a full-price game? I suspect it is. I but, doubt it. Oh, Yeah. That would be more interesting for me if it was if it was not a full price game. I want to say fifty US. I'll bet you anything it's full price though. I'll bet you a beer it's full price. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scorn. I need like go on the Xbox store, I guess. Xbox. Oh, is it only Xbox? I, oh, well, yeah, it's, it's not on I mean, PS Five yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the, uh, this is the news. Xbox. Okay, well, it's fifty two dollars. That's what I thought. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah, good good call. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't look like a. Triple A game. That is something I would consider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so it's coming to PlayStation, and we will actually be able to play it. I was kind of stoked about this game when it came out. With the, I mean, I did read all the reviews when it came out because I was pretty keen on it. With the mixed reviews, I don't know. Mm. But you know, fifty-two dollars is more reasonable than most. Well, stuff. yeah, and when it goes on sale for thirty, then yeah. we can jump on it. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. Um, I do think it's really cool that it's coming to the, coming to the, the console though, and I will be keeping an eye on it. Yep, fair enough. Uh, moving on, to number three, Silent Hill Two remake. Dev Bloober team giving up cycle 
psychological horror for mass market. Now, I read this headline the first time, and I thought that what it meant was uh, Silent Hill 2 is cancelled. Right. Because <laughs> I read that as giving up psychological horror for mass market. Oh, okay, the psychological horror is Silent Hill 2. Mm-hmm. And the mass market is more like, I don't know, Fortnite. Alan Wake or something. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, after digging into it... Isn't Alan Wake psychological horror, too? Yeah. I guess Resident Evil was more mass, mass market. Okay. You know, I, I was like Resident Evil 5. Mass market, I, I was thinking like, you know, fucking... What's mass market horror? Well, horror, I don't know, but I was just thinking mass market period Fortnite, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or Dead by Daylight, there you go. Yeah, Dead by Daylight. That's, a, re- go. that's a really good one. So the article I got this off was, was off IGN, but IGN got this directly from uh, Engadget website, uh, where there is a long article entitled, Bloober Team is Done Making Psychological Horror Games. Say hello to Bloober 3.0. Uh, and that actually, that sounds lame, but it does make sense if you read the entire the entire uh, breakdown. Um, now, this was June 28th. Uh, I will not read much of this, but I will say that I, I was deeply surprised by the fact that I found this interview interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was didn't think there'd be anything here. IGN has an incredibly small synopsis. Basically, all Bloober team is saying, the whole Bloober 3.0 thing, it's because the company went through three transitions. Okay. They went through a first transition where they were making dog shit. Uh, just to summarize, excuse the profanity, and to summarize, onto Bloober Team 2.0, where they were making psychological horror that they're now pivoting away from. Mm-hmm. And th- and what they're saying is Silent Hill Remake is actually, this is the first game of Bloober 3.0. This yep. is the first game of the new direction they're trying to go in. And they want to make stuff with more gameplay, uh, with more action. Uh, obviously, Silent Hill 2 is still has very, very, very strong horror roots. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, that's that's kind of all there is to say, uh, and I mean, without going into the details of this interview, and I kind of can't in the amount of time we have, but I would just say, if you are curious about Bloober Team's history, uh, this Engadget uh, interview with them is deeply fascinating. Uh, it's really cool. I know a lot more about the company than I used to, and I got I, I will just say that I am way more excited about this game than I was before reading this interview. Right. They actually sound super legit, um, and... It's it's gonna crush me if they fail. Yeah, well, and the, the the chance of them failing is very high. Yeah, you know. Well, we'll see. Um, although one thing I do think is interesting is that in the interview he talks about meeting with um, with Capcom. Uh, he he expresses very sort of like um, endearingly how like you know they were trying to work together for a really long time and like he he clearly feels very sort of like um, blessed to be able to work on this franchise mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they were able to trust them with that is like seems to be huge for him um, and one thing he does say at some one point in time is that he acknowledges that like when you remake a game like this you are gonna alienate and anger at least fifty percent of the Silent Hill two fans without a doubt like it doesn't matter if the game's amazing. A, pr- a franchise this beloved, there is no way we're not going to anger and alienate at least half the, f- the fan base. And mm. I'm just like, well, that's really lucid, you know? Like, mm. And the way he talks about everything, it just kind of like, I don't know, it sort of made me a believer a little bit. But the Engadget article is really cool. Mm. So if you want to know about this blooper team, I'm, I'm now a lot more excited about this game than I was before. And uh, I really can't wait to see if, if what they do. I, I sincerely hope that they that they knock it out of the park. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. Um, but I'm waiting with bated breath on Silent Hill Remake. I can't fucking wait. By everything we've heard before, other things we've covered, like the, um, you know, how they were like, oh, development's finished, and then Kana- uh, Capcom... Konami? God, Capcom's Resident Evil, Konami's Silent Hill. Right. And then Konami was like, whoa, 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 we're not officially ready to announce anything here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from what I heard before, I feel like the game is probably really imminent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably going to get an announcement at a showcase soon where it's like, okay, the game's out in two months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just can't wait. Um, but yeah. uh, that's it. Um, moving on to number four. 
Ubisoft is reportedly working on Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag remake. Yeah, you know, I feel like this is just a little bit late in the game to be doing this as a remake. Like, there's so many Assassin's Creeds that I don't know if anybody gives a shit anymore. I totally agree with you. I also think that if there is one that is the one, this is the one. Black Flag is like, I feel like is widely regarded amongst Assassin's Creed fans for a lot of people to be one of the favorites. Yeah, well, it introduced the ship combat. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole combat system changed with Odyssey. Right. So you're remaking this. Are you going back to the old system? Yeah, like, is it just, is it a, like, you know, what is it? Is it an up res? Is it, is it a remake like Resident Evil 2? You know, like, what's. I don't, I don't know yeah. what's going on. All I we know, don't know. All I know is I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got this. I mean, I got this off NGN personally. Uh, they got this off a Kotaku article. Uh, apparently, it's Ubisoft Singapore, which is the studio that's doing Skull and Bones, which right. kind of brings things into question. Because, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Skull and Bones has been sort of um, forgotten. I mean, we about. don't. We don't need to tell you. It has been a just you know, sort of an epic level fuck up. Um, I forgotten about. Can't. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody gives a shit. Right. No. That's the the sad irony of Skull and Bones that literally nobody cares. Yeah. They should probably just shutter the game. You know, I would think. Be like, let's move these resources immediately to something. Maybe else. they did. Like this. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe but I this mean, is where the ship combat comes in. They're just like, you know yeah, what? Maybe. Let's just take the fucking base of Skull and Bones ship maybe. combat. Maybe. We'll call it a Assassin's Creed Four remake, yeah. and we'll uh, put some skin on these skeletons. And uh, fuck it. Um, <laughs> here you go, guys. I mean, the thing that I'm still remain most excited about Ubisoft with is really just Star Wars Outlaws. Mm-hmm. I took the time when I was in the country uh, with my brother to because oh sorry yeah no we were we were hanging out and we needed something to watch with our meal. Uh, he was over. This was when he was playing cards. I'm getting the. I've seen him a couple times recently. I'm getting them confused. So while we were eating uh, before playing cards, I was like, let's just watch this trailer. And we both checked it out and like. We're both really impressed. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I really am. After watching it again too, I'm like. I, I love the idea of this game. Mm. Like So this remains the thing that I'm most excited about from Ubisoft. This doesn't do anything for me. I know people like uh, Black Flag, but I think you have, you have very valid points. Like, will anybody care about this? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, also, it was a PS3 game, right? True. And now we're on True. PS5. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Moving on to number five, Daisy 2 apparently in development, according to Chord Documents. Yeah, I was super excited about Daisy coming to console and stuff, and then it came to console, and then I saw what it looked like on console, and I was like, yeah, I'm not playing this fucking game. Um, same with Rust, actually. Right. Um, and I got Rust, and I did play Rust, and I was like, fuck, why did I buy this game? Um, I'm like, it, it feels like a 2013 game. <laughs> and look it up and it's like it is a 2013 game. <laughs> like okay um fine you know in researching this uh this subject i took a, a long gander through what actually is da- let me remind myself what actually is daisy mm-hmm. i watched a bunch of videos they have some like gameplay video that the company itself produced and i was like i still think this looks cool it does it looks really I mean, good on on paper uh, uh, well no actually uh it looks a lot better on pc okay um, but on console, right? Holy shit! Even man. on PS5, I I've never seen it yeah. on PS5, but I can only I imagine check. some of the videos I've seen are probably are. And like, it's just, dude, it looks like such an old piece of garbage. Like, I hear you. I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, it's still what you can do is cool. 
like the the pretty much anything goes and like the yeah. hyper realism in terms of you know got to be careful of the water you drink because you'll get sick and die got to be careful of the food you eat because like you know you might get sick and die yeah it reminds me of an Oregon trail sort of yeah yeah you know, where it's yeah. like but you can kill everybody else absolutely you can make them do <laughs> fucked up shit you can rob people you can yeah. eat people you can do all kinds of stuff. force feed them <laughs> yeah I, mean, I legit that one of the first videos I ever saw of this game some guy gets uh held up by a couple of guys uh, no two dudes get held up by three or four dudes and they make the dude kill they make them one of them kill another one and eat his fucking body oh like, my god eat him that's really and funny, it was man. just like that's, that's fucked up dude it was so <laughs> fucked up and i was just like cool that you can do that i guess yeah but it like, is god it is. damn this is dark yeah. man um i mean listen when it comes to online games shit gets depraved oh, it pretty gets fast up quick right <laughs> that does not take long no not at all but um, but anyway so a second one and through a court document it's like i don't yeah, know yeah well i mean man. this is this is obviously comes out of the entire you know the, the ftc federal trade commission microsoft hearing thing mm-hmm. right with the activision blizzard acquisition and it's kind of again like that will hopefully conclude soon I still don't know if it's going to get blocked, if it's going to go through. Um, but this remains sort of the only way in which I can usefully touch what's going on with uh, Activision Blizzard and, and, and the whole trial is by these sort of random mm-hmm. uh, leak things. I mean, and it's from, to quote the IGN article here, um, an internal Xbox document submitted as evidence as part of the evidentiary, evidentiary hearing between Microsoft and the FTC showed the company's acquisition strategy as of May 2021 on the slide focused on Bohemia Interactive. The document's additional notes revealed the company is working on Daisy 2. Right, um, and again, I just, I don't care until it's fucking announced, and even then, until I see some gameplay, I don't even really want to talk about it. That's you know? fair, that's like, fair. I just, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, that's all we'll say. Yeah. Moving on to number six, Mega City Police official release date trailer. So this is a random-ass indie game that I just, this is a typical Josh I stumbled on one day, I don't know how. So Mega City Police official release date trailer... Uh, I got this off IGN. Enjoy the release date trailer for Mega City Police, the retro-futuristic action roguelike that will be released on PC via Steam, Epic Game Stores, and Good Old Games on July 28th. Uh, now, f- judging from the type of game this is, uh, there is every reason to believe that it'll probably come to console. It has the look and feel of a console game. I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Uh, this is an indie game. It's top-down. Uh, it's got pixel art graphics. And, you know, they're going for a crazy, frenetic action. It's sort of a RoboCop, Judge Dredd kind of world thing. Mm. I just think it looks like it has character. Mm. That's it. You know, will I even play it? I don't know. But let me tell you, Teague, I stumble on a lot of fucking random indie games every week. And, like, the vast majority of them are just like, nope, 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 nope. But sometimes things catch my eye for whatever reason. (laughs) Well, there you go. And this one did. Moving on to number seven. Nintendo Direct uh, 621 2023. So normally this would be a news item, uh, but I think maybe both of us are realizing, realizing lately that Nintendo Directs don't quite hold the same gravitas that they used to for us. I mean, I know you you never cared. No. But even from my perspective, it's like, yeah, they used to be big news, and like more and more lately, I'm having trouble uh, sort of reconciling Nintendo's relevance in the current modern gaming scene. Fair enough. I think maybe other people are too, I don't know. Uh, But for me, they're becoming a little bit more of a footnote, although I did think this Nintendo Direct was pretty cool. There's really, there's three games that I want to highlight from this. It also seems clear to me that like, they're working towards the next console, Mm -hmm. I think. There's been some, uh, some recent things that we won't discuss, 
but that, for example, there's a news article about how Nintendo, uh, their investor meetings were showing how they have intention to trend, to smoothly transition the current fan base with their online accounts into the new system. So there's clearly internal talk of a new system. They are doing something. Mm-hmm. Who knows what it is? Um, but until they do that, I feel like they're going to continue to struggle because the system is getting really old now. Mm-hmm. And... Probably the reason why there has been no Metroid Prime 4 is because they, they're not doing it on the system, mm-hmm. right? It's the next one, okay. and that's going to be and that's going to be the launch title. Maybe Who that makes knows? sense, you yep. know. But uh, this Nintendo Direct, there was still a few things that leapt out to me. I mean, number one, a uh, little footnote at the end of the trailer: Vampire Survivors is finally coming to a console. Uh, this is not at all a surprise. Uh, this game has been hugely successful, and I've been waiting for it to come to a console since it released. It looks dumb. But I've heard so many people just be like, this is the most fun thing I've ever played. That like, It looks like dumb fun. Yeah. Really silly action, but like maybe has one of those like super fun loops. That's probably going to be... I mean, this was a cell phone game before, mm-hmm. right? So this is probably going to be extremely cheap. Uh, yeah. And I will probably buy this when it comes out. Just for curiosity. Yeah. You know? So I'm happy to see Vampire Survivors finally come into consoles. I don't think it's announced for any other platforms yet. So currently, Switch is the only platform outside of PC you're going to be able to play it on. Okay. Uh, and other things of note, uh, the big thing for this one was Super Mario RPG. They are remaking Super Mario RPG, extremely beloved uh, SNES RPG game. It's, sorry, extremely beloved, probably considered by most to be the only Mario spinoff that matters, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, Other than Card. Yeah, other than Card. Yeah, that's a really good point. No, no, that is a much more important (laughs) spinoff. You're absolutely right. Um... I guess I consider that sort of in the mainline Mario universe. Right, even Smash Bros. and shit is yeah. kind of a different one too, right? Yeah, and yeah, but those are mainline sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like enough. a random game one-off. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they spawned all the Paper Mario games, but there was only one Mario RPG called that. Right, you know? right, right. And I think a lot of people consider it the best one. A lot of people remember it as the best one. Mm-hmm. I did play Mario RPG back in the day. This is like, we're talking in the days when my parents were renting me games from, I want to say, Video 29, 29 Cent. Oh, yeah. That was the one right beside you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we were renting games from Video 29 Cent, um, I know a friend of the show, Matt, uh, my good my good friend, absolutely adores Super Mario RPG. It's a lot of people's favorite for whatever reason. I have extremely fond memories of it. I don't know if it's going to hold up at all, but I do think this remake looks really cool. I think it is... It looks extremely faithful, and it honestly just looks like a complete just overhaul of the graphics, really. Yeah, well. Like, mostly just like, okay, well, it was in the 90s, now you can enjoy it in 3D if you like. Yeah, there you go. But it is otherwise identical. You there know, you go. Um, They are bringing back... Uh, did I put that in the show notes? Yeah, here's a related article. They're bringing back uh, original Super Mario RPG composer Yoko Shimamura, uh, which is, I think, also really nice, who's going to pr- presumably remaster all the tracks for the new version. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about this. I think it's, it is it, it is a game that is worth uh, you know putting a new polish on, and uh, I'm happy about it. I don't know if I'll buy that myself, because I actually own Super Mario RPG on SNES, and that's the one that I care about, right? But I still think it's really cool for, like, old... I mean, sorry, young fans who don't have any experience with this before to be able to experience this for the first time. I know? guess, yeah. Um, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. And other than that, the only remaining thing I'll talk about... Did you watch The Myth Force? No. All right, Myth Force. There's nothing. Nothing matters about Nintendo. But it's it's first person co-op, isn't yeah, that cool? I know. It looks like He Man. I no, no. Well, anyways, uh, after having watched the Myth Force trailer, T, mm. what do you think? Garbage. Unbelievable garbage. Not interested. I think it looks fantastic. I'm not interested in anything Nintendo puts out. I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I haven't been in 20 years. I saw Myth Force, and I just saw cool co-op action fun. 
That's it. Yeah. It doesn't look know? like fun to me, though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Like, I mean, again, uh, if I want, like, first-person fantasy shit, again, lich them. Right? Yeah, like, but that's not co-op. No, but it doesn't matter, because I don't want first-person <laughs> fucking this kind of shit. You know well, I, mean? I want it. I'll try and sell Myth Force. It, to me, it's, it's an 80s action cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon style. I, I think it has a pretty nice art style, personally. Uh, no. Just personally, just personally. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You're, you're, you're welcome to disagree. Art is subjective. It, it unfortunately uh, is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I think it looks cool. I will probably get that when it comes out. If, if, assuming it reviews somewhere in the 7 range, which is what I'm assuming. Right. That's totally fine. I don't think it's going to be expensive. I'm up for it. Unfortunately, it's uh, unknown in 2023, but it looks pretty finished. I think it's probably going to be pretty soon. There you go. And uh, that's it. So, I mean, that, that's my takeaways from the Nintendo Direct. Right. Which, you know, sadly, is more takeaways than I usually have from Nintendo mm-hmm. Directs lately. And I think a lot of that is probably because, like we were saying earlier, they're in a little bit of a rut, maybe, at the moment. Waiting for new shit, right? Like I'm trying to think of the last Nintendo game that I actually cared about, and I have a feeling it was Goldeneye. But are you, t- and you, but are you talking about Nintendo first party? I'm just or just games Nintendo. that appeared on a Nintendo system? Uh, first party, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't Goldeneye first party? No, that was Rare, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, although was Rare perfect. purchased by Nintendo at that point in time? No, I don't think so. Really? Okay, how about Perfect Dark? Oh, shit, okay, I gotta take this actually. No worries. Good to go? Yeah. Alright, so uh, apologies there, we had a little brief uh, technical interruption there. Mm. Um, but that's kind of all we had for this week's episode anyways. Um, so, like I was saying, you know, Nintendo Direct... They become less relevant, but at the same time, well, whatever. I was able to find free titles in this one that at least uh, talked to me, yep. you know? And yep. that's something. You know, they, they have not always been able to manage that lately, so I'm considering it a win. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Super Mario RPG, that is kind of big shit, so I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. happy for them. That's cool. That's nice. People will dig it. It's a nice, easy, like, sink a, you know, most of the fan base will just sink an $80 into it, and that's great. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Everyone can go home happy. It's all good. That's it. You know, um, but, I mean, that's, that's kind of all I've got. That's all we've got for you. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. While you were while we were having our technical difficulties, I took another brief gander over that Exekiller video. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, man, that shit looks so badass. Right, but doesn't it look like fucking Blade Runner? Like, Dude, everything about. I mean, listen, if there's one takeaway for this week, check out Exekiller, man. Yeah, holy shit, yep. like it really looks like it has promise. Yeah, everything in that trailer, man. The music they use, like the sound design, the actual like the actual Western music they use, mm-hmm. then also just the sound design. Period. Right. Um, the Seems environment? like a, a real labor of love. Yeah, like, like my goodness, they're really into it. And especially, and like I said again, that what was it? Engadget was that the, the the website? That interview is really interesting, right? So if you're curious about it, like yeah, or Escapist was it? I think it was Escapist. Yeah, so if you're, if you're curious, you know, find that Escapist magazine article. Exekiller gameplay reveal video looks like a bounty hunter's cyberpunk dream. Escapist magazine, in the same article, they have the giant interview at the bottom. And it, it, from, from a year and a half ago, and it's really fascinating to see, like, honestly, like, think of it chronologically. Like, what this company was saying about this a year and a half ago, and look at this now. Yeah. And it's like, that shit's fucking impressive. So, anyways, I'm I'm pretty stoked. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you, Clean do you have any any closing comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, ideas? Not really. No. That's okay. it. Well, uh, you know, stay classy, and we'll catch you next time. That was a delicious poutine. See you next time. Yeah. Who would have thought? Eh? Hot dogs and poutine <laughs> is actually good. I thought that was some white trash fucking bullshit right there. But then it I, kind of is. I it mean, absolutely is. But I took a bite out of it, and I was like. This is actually really good. Hey, man. Like, uh, <laughs> fuck, I, I, don't, I don't know. A steam A, not in a bun, is kind of like, ew. Like, Sometimes they do it right. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you later.